Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, courageous people. And now, here's today's message. All right, we're in a series called Auto-Tune. Somebody say Auto-Tune. Yeah, this is going to be some good stuff today. Who's ready? Well, today I'm going, into a, I'm going into this next part of this series, and I just need the Holy Spirit to help me because if I can preach this the way that the Holy Spirit gave it to me, I just believe that this is going to make a huge difference in your life today. If you will, go to the book of Matthew chapter, verse, chapter 14, verse number 32. Let's go to Mark chapter 14, verse 32. That's Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah second book of the New Testament the book of Mark chapter 14 verse 32 oh oh we got we got screens praise the Lord the Lord is good and it reads this is New King James version I like reading New King James and I don't have anything against the other versions that you guys read but I like to read what's close to the original so New King James is very close to King James and so I just like to read there and then don't worry because I'll always define it for you I'll always break it down for you that's my job as a pastor and a preacher to help you see the text clearly and understand what's being said so don't you worry this will all make sense in just a moment and it says then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane Mm -hmm. And he said to his disciples, sit here for a while and pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he, began, and, he, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Notice that he didn't take all of the disciples with him. He only took Peter, James, and John. I need you to understand that there's some trials and tribulations that will come along in your life that will only challenge you to bring people that really are close to you, and those people that are close to you are the ones who can connect with God the most. Understand he didn't ask them to, he didn't say, hey, I need y'all to stay here and gossip. He didn't say that. No, I need, you to, I need you to stay here and talk bad about me. He didn't say that. He says, I need you to stay here and watch and pray. You need some people who know how to pray. Oh my goodness gracious. Who am I talking to right in this first verse already as we get started? You need some folk in your life that know how to pray, know how to bring you before Jesus and pray with you. Know how to call on the name of the Lord when you're going through a situation. Know how to talk to God when everything is going on, going wrong and you talking to everybody else besides God. You need some people that to remind you, you need to have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trials. He'll, he'll heal your baby's cry. He'll answer you by and by. Come on, somebody. Then they said, then he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. So stay here and watch. And so he went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were, if it were possible, that the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch for one hour? Could you not watch and pray? And then he says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. My goodness, I want to give one more. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 8. It says, for those, who are, who, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. 
but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. My goodness, you get a double whammy. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That's the greatest enemy in enmity. For it, for it is not subject to the laws of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I want to talk to you guys for, for the next few minutes, if I can, from the subject, auto-tuning my appetite. Uh, auto-tuning my appetite. Auto-tuning my appetite. Let's pray before everybody gets hungry. Jesus, speak through this word. Say something good. Lord, get me out of the way and make sure these people hear the message that you gave for them to here today. Lord, I decrease. Forget this suit. Forget these fancy shoes. Lord, I pray that you would, they would see you high and lifted up. I pray that they would hear your voice today. Lord, they traveled a long way. They, they spent expensive gas money to be here today. God, they're logging on. They could be watching anything else from anywhere else. But God, you chose to see fit for them to be in this moment. So God, I pray that you would just destroy every distraction right now remove everything that would try to steal this word from them and I pray that they would have victory by the time we get to it and I pray we'd have a greater appetite for you at the end of this message in Jesus name we pray somebody say amen, amen. you know there's a few verses that really match this title well that I could have used that I didn't but I just want to say them just for namesake here's a good one right here Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, I need you to understand that when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, God is not, he doesn't fill blank orders. He doesn't miss your order when it comes in. I need you to understand when you're hungry for him and you're, you desire to know more of him, he's always going to meet your, your need. He's always going to step up with the supply. He's never, uh, uh, he's never lacking. His, it's never on back order. It's always hot and ready, fresh off the press, ready for you to receive whatever it is that you desire from him if you'll lean into him. And it just reminds me of a very interesting time as we talk about appetite. I'm thinking about where I am right now in my life. Can I be transparent with you guys again? I was transparent with you guys last week. I'm going to be a little bit transparent with you this week. So my wife and I are on this interesting journey of health and fitness and all of those kind of things. And man, I'm gonna tell you something. It's been very difficult living in this wonderful city called Tampa. You guys got some incredible food places. You guys have some fun things to do. I'm telling you, you wanna do everything but work out in Tampa. It's just one of those cities where it's just fun, fun, fun. And then when you're done having fun, you're tired and just wanna lay down and go to sleep, get you a nap and then wake up and do it all over again. I get it, I feel it. I'm telling you, there's something here. And so we have been fighting this devil, trying to back him up off of us so that we can get this fitness under control and start doing things better and so I just I, one of the things that we did this week by the way we, we did five straight days this week of working out we went five straight days no matter what our body felt like we did it come on now Pastor Crystal and I when y'all see Pastor Crystal y'all tell her way to go pastor way to go she woke up some days I didn't want to go and she was like we going to the gym yes ma'am yes we are you go wherever you go I'm going girl come on now you ain't going without me I'm following you wherever you go girl 
And so, so she got me up out of bed. We went, we, went, we went to the gym and we did it the right way. And this week we have been watching our calories and making sure we were watching what we eat. And so just trying to change that appetite and trying to change what we eat and what we consume. And here's what I learned about myself as I'm starting to examine how I do life and how I measure what I'm hungry for. And it says, this is, these are the questions I started asking myself at the beginning of the week. Is I said, what, what am I hungry for? What is it that I desire? Like, am I desiring sugar all the time? Am I desiring bread? Is it pastas? What is like sticking to my ribs, causing these, this side meat to stick and not leave? Like, what is going on in this body that has come against me in Jesus' name? Like, I'm trying to rebuke the calories every time I eat. They just stay put, though. You know, I just, I'm trying my best. And, and, and so I'm trying to figure out uh, what am I hungry for? And so this is a big evaluation. And then the bigger question is, is why am I hungry for it? Oh, this is good. So I, I begin to think about this message as I begin to prepare. And, and I begin to think about our need for the Holy Spirit, our need for him being in our lives, our need for him to speak to us and talk to us. But the truth is, is some of us are not hungry enough to hear from him. Some of us are not hungry enough to really want to obey what he's saying to us. Some of us are not hungry enough to really desire his leading and directing. And so I started asking myself the question is, what, what are we hungry for? What, what, what could we be hungry for currently? And so I, I, begin to, I begin to ask myself, okay, when I was younger in my faith or before I met Jesus, what was I hungry for? Oh, this is good. Yeah, can we be transparent and take it a step further? When I was younger, I was raised in a situation where I went to 16 different elementary schools, six different middle schools, three different high schools. And so I went from home to home. And, and so I didn't have a place to call my own. And so it was really difficult for me before I met Jesus to really feel like I was accepted and valued in places that I lived. And so I began to notice that before I received Jesus, I was always looking for acceptance. I was hungry for acceptance. I was hungry to be in the crowd. I was hungry to be accepted amongst the people that were around me. I was hungry to, because Every time I moved to a new place, I just wanted everything to be cool. I didn't want anybody to come against me. I didn't want enemies. I wanted friends. And so I just wanted to be accepted. And I started to see that my desire for acceptance would drive me in my decision making. <laughs> Can I tell the truth? And so I started to see that. And then I also saw this too. I also was hungry for financial success. Why? Because I was broke as a kid. I was poor, couldn't even afford the O-R on the end of poor. I was just P-O, poor. And so, so when you grow up with need, when you grow up with lack, the first thing you wanna do when you start making plans for yourself, oh, I ain't gonna be broke no more. Let me, can I tell you what I wanted to do outside of being a pastor? I, I actually wanted to be a stockbroker. Honestly, listen, I wanted to move to New York City I wanted to work in the New York Stock Exchange and I wanted to be trading stocks. I wanted to be taking your money and using your money to trade it and you pay me to trade it and keep you and keep your portfolio rising over the years. This was my desire. I remember writing a paper about this before I got saved and gave my life to Jesus as a career choice for my life and I had done a lot of extensive research and I had found some things out. And then I got saved and gave my life to Jesus in 1999, July 7th to be exact. Jesus slaps me in the face, shows me my need for him, and I give my life over to him. And something changes inside of me that I, that I cannot explain to you except the Holy Spirit changed my appetite. So 
there was something that happened. I realized that my desires had a lot to do with what I, was, what I, what, what I felt were inadequacies in my life. The Holy Spirit began to show me that my plans for my life had a lot to do with the brokenness that was in my life. And that, that, that the things that I was desiring were not necessarily God's will for my life, but it was my personal desire to overcome some of these things that held me back as I was a child. And I just refused to grow into my, my adulthood like I spent my childhood. And I said, whatever I got to do to be accepted amongst people, I'll do it. Whatever I have to do to make sure I have money, I'm going to do it because I don't want to be broke and I don't want not to be accepted. So I'm gonna make sure those two things are main priority in my life. And so the Holy Spirit came inside of me in 1999 and began to do a, an auto-tune. He began to change stuff around. He began to change my appetite and my desires and things quickly changed on me. And then I quickly learned that what I wanted for my life was not necessarily what God wanted for my life. Now, here's the hard part about following the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you things that you don't want to do. Sometimes he'll tell you that you need to say some stuff that you don't want to say. Sometimes he will tell you to close your mouth when you want to open your mouth. Sometimes he will say, you don't need to say that. Just be quiet. And you'll be like, but, 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 but. And the Holy Spirit said, but I said, but I said. You're going to be quiet. The Holy Spirit begins to speak, and he begins to direct traffic and my life as I began to come into relationship with him. And then when I started finding out that what I desired was not necessarily what God desired, it began to mess me up because I started asking myself the deep question was, have I wasted time in my life making plans for things that I desired that God did not necessarily desire for me? And this is the question that we all grew up asking ourselves is, am I in the plan of God for my life? This is good. This is good. I feel a holy hush in the place. I love it. I feel y'all online watching too. Y'all leaning in. I feel you. Because that is the ultimate desire is to step into purpose and to step into destiny and to do what God called you and created you to do. But we can't do that being in our own mind, desiring our own things. We have to say yes to the voice of the Holy Spirit and let him lead and direct our lives. So let me tell you a few scriptures that just start messing me up when I got saved and start giving my life over to the Lord and start turning over the keys to my car and saying, okay, Lord, I'll let you drive. Because when I first started dating Jesus, I was like, you know, this is cool. I'm going to sit in the front seat and I'm going to drive. I'm going to let you sit over here on the side. No matter of fact, you can take a seat in the back. You could be a backseat driver. You know, we hear backseat drivers, but we don't necessarily obey what backseat drivers do. My 11-year-old try to tell me what to do from the backseat all the time. I'd be like, boy, be quiet. And that's how it starts off with Jesus. Then as you grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, he be, his voice begins to be stronger, and he moves from the back seat to the front seat. And now he's sitting up front with you, and now he's making gestures when you're driving, like giving that, that, that look, you know how your wife or your husband, Doug, if one, one of y'all a bad driver, the other one's a good driver, you know, yo, you got that automatic brake over there on the side that you're always pressing into and jumping and flinching when they're driving. I'm not going to tell you which one of us out of Pastor Crystal and I are the abrasive driver, but one of us always has like a fake brake on the other side. I just say that and leave that there in Jesus' name because I don't want to get in no trouble. I don't want no problems. And so... 
as you grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, his voice gets a little stronger as he's sitting next to you. And now, you know, it's almost like a negotiation now versus you like saying, no, I don't want to hear that. And you're listening and he's telling you what to do. It's like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you are in a viewpoint where I am now. I guess that might make sense. Yeah, I'll do that. But then some things he'll say, you'll be like, man, I got this. I'm sorry, I got it. But you know that you've reached a place of maturity in your relationship with the Holy Spirit when you're ready to relinquish the driver's seat and actually move from the front seat to the back seat like you're in an Uber. And that you're going to trust the GPS that the Holy Spirit has dialed up for your life. And that, my friends, is spiritual maturity. And that is where God wants us to be as it relates to following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's get a little bit more into this because I think this is good. These are the scriptures that wrecked me, that messed me up, that told me I couldn't remain the same. I couldn't keep doing things the way I was doing. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fight them. Listen to this one. This is 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says, therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What does that tell me? That tells me when I give my life to Jesus, I no longer have control. It is his life. He created me for something. It is it's no longer I that live it, but it's Christ that lives in me. So this was a hard reality for me because I wanted to be in control. I did not want to go through trauma anymore in my life. So I said, if I'm driving, I like my chances with me driving much more than anybody else driving. So I'm going to keep my hand on the wheel. And as long as I'm driving, I feel good. And if I have a wreck, at least I was driving. Anybody else with me? Like, hey, listen, listen, listen. Some go wrong. At least I'm insured I'm driving the car, okay? I can deal with that. But somebody else driving, taking me somewhere that I didn't necessarily say I wanted to go, that's, I didn't sign up for that. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 start messing with me. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20 start messing with me too. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? What? I don't own myself anymore? I don't own my stuff? I don't make my own choices anymore? What kind of life is this? And you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My goodness. So now I started coming to this understanding to know that, my goodness, I don't even own my life. I'm a steward over my life. I'm here to just do, well, I'm here to act out God's plan for my life. And as long as he tells me to do something, I'm here to obey what he has said because he created me in his likeness, in his image. He created me with a plan and purpose. Before my mother and my father knew me, he knew me. Before everybody else before my mama and my daddy ever decide to get together and have an, an experience and an encounter that created me that I came out of God made me in heaven with a purpose and a plan so therefore I can't be the controller of my own life therefore I can't be the one to make choices for my own life it has to be from God because his plan is the best plan somebody say amen Proverbs 14 and 12 says there is a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof is death. I got to be careful once I start following God. Well, once I start realizing that I have been in control of my own life and now I understand why the decisions I'm making aren't adding up to good things. Oh, this is good. See, the reason you need the Holy Spirit in your life is because you've been making choices on your own all this time. And let me ask you a question. How's that going for you? <laughs> How, how's that working for you? You see... If we were to be honest and not be prideful, 
we could all tell each other people around us mistakes that we've made by leading and guiding our own lives, making choices on our own, wasted time, money, resources, degrees, programs that I thought that God called, this is what I'm called to do, that, this is it right there, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Nope, that's not it. Five years into it, you realize this is absolutely something you hate and you can't stand that, you don't even want to look in that direction anymore, now you want to do something totally different. What could happen if you just had submitted to the voice of the Holy Spirit and allowed him to lead and guide and direct your life at that point? You see, people ask me questions all the time, say, how are you so young? And how, how has God done so many things in the fast lane for you? It's because when I was 15 years old, I heard his voice and I learned his voice. And when I learned his voice, I listened to his voice. And when I listened to his voice, he started telling me good things. And when he told me good things, I just kept listening for more good things. And he kept leading me and guiding me because the steps of a righteous man have been ordered by the Lord. The Bible says that he'll be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as long as I walk in alignment with what God wants for my life, I'm going to do good things. I'm going to see good things. I'm going to go good places. And so this is what God wants from us. He wants to be in control. He wants the driver's seat. He wants to be the one to make choices and decisions for us. And so this is what I've learned. I've learned in my walk with God that my desires for my life had to be in alignment with God's design for my life. Let me say it again. My desires for my life had to be in alignment with God's design for my life. My desires have to be in alignment with his design. That means that he made me. That means that I'm going back to the manufacturer who created me to ask him for advice on how I should handle myself. Oh, this is good. If you got a Maytag refrigerator in your house, you don't call LG to come fix your Maytag refrigerator. You call Maytag's customer service department because if, L if this is good, thank you, Holy Spirit. If LG touches your Maytag refrigerator, they could void your warranty. This is good. And how many of you guys know I ain't got no time to be trying to fix a refrigerator or repair a refrigerator out of warranty? Come on, somebody. Yes, yeah, some car companies, if you take your car to somebody else outside of the warranty that you have set with them, it voids the warranty because they don't know the vehicle the way that the manufacturer knows the, ooh, knows the vehicles. And I need you to understand that God knows you because he made you. And if he made you, he created you with a plan and a purpose. He is your manufacturer and your creator. And he is the one that designed you uniquely. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, young lady. That's why you gotta make sure that you walk in line with who he called you to be. Young man, you are a man after God's own heart. That's why you got to walk in alignment with who God called you to be and stop allowing people in this world to make you make choices and decisions that don't add up to who God created you to be. You need to look those decisions in the face and say, that's not my design. Sheesh. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting right now. Number one, if you're taking notes, I just got two good points. You ready? Two good points. Stick with me. We're going somewhere. My life was pre-planned by God. If I'm taking notes about what I'm talking about right now, if I'm really paying attention to what's being said in the room right now, we have to come to the, we have to come to the conclusion that my life was already pre-planned before I got here, that God already designed a specific roadmap for me already, that there was a blueprint that exists from my life that has been downloaded from heaven that the Holy Spirit has a hold of. Oh, this is good. And so my life was pre-planned by God. 
before man ever made a choice for me. This is good. Let me read this scripture to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This will show you where, where it comes from right here. Romans 8 and 28. We all know this. And we all know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Let's read a little further. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be, con to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestines, those he also calls. And whom he calls, he also has justified. And whom he's justified, he has also glorified. I need you to understand that your life has been predestined by God, that there is already a roadmap and, and there's a blueprint that already exists for your life. You don't have to figure out what you're called to do. You just need to grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And as you grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit, he starts speaking stuff and showing you the roadmap. He starts telling you to go left when you want to go right. He he starts telling you to say yes when you want to say no. He starts telling you to say to step forward instead of stepping backwards. He starts telling you to walk in courage and strength instead of shrinking back in fear and humiliation. This is what the Holy Spirit does because your life has been pre-planned. Isn't it interesting that when you take a job, your job description's already been written before you take the job? Oh, I'm coming for you now. Yeah, you show up to the job interview. And the first question you have is, is, what's the job description? Why? Because you know the job description's already been written because they're hiring you for a position specifically that they want you to do. Isn't it interesting that when you have a house built, there's already floor plans for you to pick from? Oh my goodness, I'm, 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 I'm getting real quiet in here now because y'all know where I'm about to go. We will sit with the people who will help us design our houses we think we're designing the house. The house has already been designed. The structure is already there. The floor plan has already been written. You about to pick some cabinets. You about to pick some colors on the wall. You about to pick, you about to pick your, your pool, your colors. You about to pick whether you want, whether you want towel or shingles or, or Mexican towel on the ceiling. You're going you're to pick a bunch of stuff that's going to add the price up way more. But the truth of the matter is, is that the structure of the house has already been decided. Sheesh! How about education? You pay good money to get a degree in a degree program that, that's already been written for you. You don't get to write it. You don't get to decide it. You show up, you do the test, you study for it, even when you don't like the content, even when you don't agree with the content, you study, you learn the answer, and you put in what was already predicted to be there. Isn't it interesting? that when it comes to us allowing ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit, that we have such apprehensions, that we fear like something's gonna go wrong in our lives when we've been trusting systems all of our lives. Oh, I came for somebody today. How could we trust educational systems more than we trust the plan of God? How could we trust the build of our home to someone who we don't even know more than we trust God. How in the world, how in the world could we trust the job description to the place that's given us money that God gave them money to give us? How could we trust man more than we trust God? Oh, my life has been pre-planned by God. And if he is the one that plans it, I owe it to myself to lean in and learn what his design is for my life. My goodness, this is so good. So what I'm learning about life is that my diet has to line up with my destiny. Wow. 
Okay, I, I, I need some help up here. I need some help. I need some help. Um, I want to give you an illustration. Where are my, where are my people at? I need y'all to come on up here. Let's, let's get this party started, right? Let's get this thing started. I, I got a little something up here. A little, little something, something up here that I, that, that I just, let's see. Let's see, let's see what we got here. We got a little something up here. We got a little something, something going on up here on the stage. Uh-oh, watch it. Hold that for me. Yeah, let me get that up. Turn this upside down for me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. 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 All right. So, y'all make some noise for my chefs. My chefs. Y'all make some noise for Latoya. Make some noise for Ashley. Ashley and Latoya are gonna be America's next top chefs. And uh, today we're, we're, we're going to the Food Network channel. How many of you guys are already hungry right now? Like you're already thinking about brunch. You already, you ain't seen what's about to happen yet, but it's like, my God, I'm already hungry. I don't know what he's gonna cook, but I'm already hungry. I'm ready to make my plans right now. You're ready to, you're already making reservations right now on your phones to try to figure out where you're gonna go out to eat. But, but I, I wanted to show this illustration because uh, my second point is this. My second point is simply my plan versus God's plan. My plans for my life versus God's plan for my life. And as I think about my plan versus God's plan, I'm going back to the scripture that I referenced in the beginning where I'm seeing Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he is praying and he is toiling and he is praying to the point of, of blood dripping down his face as he's getting ready to make a decision that is very difficult for him. Now, let me tell you, if you think you're the only person that the Holy Spirit and the Lord is challenging to do things that they don't want to do, ask Jesus, how did that go? He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he began to pray. He said, Lord, is there any way we can take this cup? Let's do this another way. Can we just call down angels, send down Big Mike with the sword and just slice everybody? Can we just do this some other kind of way? Like, I know I agreed to come down from heaven to earth to save the world. I know I decided I was going to do this. right here at the hour of my moment to be taken, to be crucified. And I'm having second thoughts. Eee, this is good. If you ever had second thoughts about the purpose of God, you're in good company. Jesus did too. But did you see what Jesus did in that moment? Jesus says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus, let me tell you, I'm going to introduce you to two words that are very important that I want you to leave this building understanding and knowing. It's called ambition versus obedience. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this a little bit. See, my personal ambition is designed by my inadequacies and my upbringing and the people that I grew to know and the folks that have exposed me to things as I've been younger. And so my personal desires for my life could be considered ambitions. These are ambitions. Let me give you the definition of ambition. Ambition, while my ladies are getting ready to cook here, y'all, what we got up here? What are we doing over here? Let me see. Oh, we got steaks. Hello, somebody. Let me hold those steaks up. Let us see. Oh, them some big boys too, y'all. Look, those are the inch and a half, almost two inch thick steaks right there. My goodness gracious. And they're pre-seasoned? Won't he do it? Look at Jesus. All right, so go ahead and take those steaks out, ladies. I'm going to trust that you, you, you top chefs, y'all going to do y'all thing. We're going to see what we're going to check those steaks out in just a second. Y'all pray these steaks go well in Jesus' name. Oh, y'all got butter in the pan? Lord Jesus. 
Oh, look at that, boy, that is glistening already. It is already going. Look at that, my goodness gracious. Okay, I'm trying not to be distracted. Help me, Holy Ghost. So, so let's talk about this, this ambition versus obedience. Let me read you the definition of ambition. Listen to this. Stay with me, guys. I know I got a lot going on around me, but it'll make sense in a minute. Ambition is a strong desire to do or to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. Now, obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. Very different definitions here. Ambition is simply hard work, desire, passion to go after something. But obedience is submitting to someone else's will and saying, I'm going to do what they're telling me to do versus what I want to do. And so we see Jesus battling with ambition, saying, Lord, let's find another way. But then he submits to obedience that says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And Jesus changes the game because Jesus does something that teaches us a model that we need to understand. And here is the question that I have for everyone in the room. You ready? Is ambition a bad thing? Is ambition bad? Talk to me. If you're watching online, is ambition bad? If you're listening to the podcast, is ambition a bad thing? If you're watching us on YouTube, is ambition a bad thing? If you're in this room, is ambition bad? I think that ambition left alone can be guided by pride. I think that ambition by itself can get you into a lot of trouble because we can be real passionate about a lot of different things. We can be real driven about a lot of different things. How many, I don't know if I should take a poll in the room and just ask the question, but how many of you ever been driven, real passionate about something that you thought was good, but it was actually bad? Just can we get a show of hands? Just let me see, let me see. Let me see. All right, we're in the right place, okay. The rest of y'all not raising your hands, y'all lying. The truth ain't in you. Shame on you in church lying like that. But ambition left alone can lead to a downfall. Ambition left alone can be guided by pride and put you in a position where you can't get what you need from God. But obedience will put you in a place where you're submitted to the will of God. And now, now I can be, I can be driven towards what God's design is for me. Oh, wasted energy in the wrong direction is the worst waste You can't get time back. You can never, time is the greatest resource that you could ever have. You thought money is the greatest resource you could ever have? Time is the greatest resource that you could ever have because if you give me more time, I'll make more money. You can't work it the other way around. And so when I waste time being ambitious only, oh, that sounds good, I hear sizzle, I hear sizzle. I hear sizzle. When you waste time, being ambitious and only doing what you desire to do for your life, only making choices that you feel is right for you, only doing things that make you happy, only doing things that look out for you alone. See, this is how you know you're walking in ambition alone. It's when everything that surrounds you only involves you and only involves you winning, only involves you being blessed because a truly blessed person wants to see other people be blessed too. Someone who's walking in obedience with God will say, I'm up 
let me get my boy hooked up with somebody so he can have a conversation too. And let me bring him to the table with somebody who can actually open doors for him as well. Oh, we got this prideful thing though where we wanna be the only ones that figured it out. And we wanna be the only ones that people will celebrate. And we wanna be the only ones with the, with the name in the marquees. And we wanna be the only ones that can be seen and celebrated. And I'm gonna tell you something, that is a Luciferian spirit if I've never seen one in my life. This is the same sin that Lucifer dealt with in heaven. He wanted to ascend to the hill of the Lord. He wanted to be worshiped. He wanted to be adored. And because of his pride and his personal ambition, sheesh, he gets booted from heaven. The greatest angel, one of the greatest angels, one of the most beautiful angels that you could ever see was booted from heaven because of his own personal ambition guided by pride. Oh my goodness, touch your neighbor and say, you can't be prideful, you can't be prideful. You can't be prideful, you can't be prideful. You can't, you can't be prideful, you can't be prideful. The only place that the devil can sneak into my life is when I'm walking in, in ambition. Hear me, hear me. The only place that the devil, my God, that's starting to smell good. <laughs> Oh, I, the enemy's trying to get me, y'all. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Look at my feet are coming backwards for some reason. Something's pulling me. My God, my appetite is beginning to shift in Jesus' name. The sermon's coming alive. But I want you to think about something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I believe that ambition is led by flesh, and I believe that obedience is led by spirit. Let me show you how I see that. Because the Bible says that the curse that came upon the snake or serpent, the serpent in the beginning in Genesis, he was confined to no longer stand up straight, but he was confined to crawl and eat of the dust of the ground. I'm going somewhere. And so when you think about the snake and his curse that he received, his curse was that he would have to eat dirt the rest of his life. What is flesh made of? So the only way the enemy can eat at me is when I'm in my flesh. Oh, some of you will get that on your way home. The only way that the enemy can eat at you is when you're operating in an ambition alone, when you're operating in your plan alone. This is how he creeps into our lives and begins to detour us and pull us in different directions and start doing stuff in our lives that we can't explain. And we don't, we don't know why we made that decision. We don't know why we got in that relationship. We don't know why we made that choice. Why, oh God, why, why? Because you were walking in your flesh. And the only place that Satan can get you is when you're in your flesh. You see, you gotta understand that you are an arch enemy against Satan. You gotta understand that you are his greatest enemy right here in this earth because you represent something he can never represent again. My God, you represent God's glory. You were made in the likeness in the image of God. And so listen, every time he sees you, he hates you because you remind him of what he lost. Oh, this is good. Every time he looks in your direction, he, he, he snares and, and gets upset and he, he growls at his teeth because you remind him of what he should have been. He, he wanted to be close with God. He, wanted, he had that closeness with God as Lucifer, but he no longer has it anymore and he's been booted into the earth and now he walks here seeking whom he may devour. This is why John 10 and 10 says, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and life that more abundantly. I need somebody to make some noise in this quiet church today. Sheesh.
And so the goal here for today's message is to get you to buy in to God's plan for your life and be hungry for the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit and lose your appetite for things of the world because it's not working for you, boo. If it was working, it would have already worked. If it was gonna pop, it would have popped by now. Y'all know? If it was gonna go global, if it was gonna explode, boom, it's just gonna happen. It ain't happened yet. So maybe you're doing something wrong. Maybe you should try God. Maybe you should try leaning into the voice of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you should try God's plan for your life instead of your plan for your life. And here's the real question. Are you willing to lose your pride enough to say yes to the will of God for your life? Are you willing to lose your pride enough to say, God, not my will, but your will be done? Are you willing to lose the idea that you had for success for your life? Oh, 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 25, I'm gonna have a white uh, picket fence. I have a little, a little, little toy poodle doggy. Uh, and my husband, I'm gonna be married. He's gonna love me and we're gonna, gonna be happy. We're gonna go on vacations twice a year. We're gonna do one tropical vacation and then one ski vacation because I like snow and I like tropical. Oh, it's gonna happen, it's gonna be so good, I'm so excited. What if that's not God's will for your life? What, listen, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, thank you for the download. What if the enemy heard you make that plan for yourself and he sends you the wrong person at the wrong time of your life and you end up marrying a crisis and you end up being with some crazy person that is not the person, that is not the person God called you to be with. That's not the people that God called you to be with. What if you said you wanted to be a millionaire by 30 and you almost are at 29 and now you're willing to sell your soul for anything? I'll do anything for likes and, and responses. I'll do anything for that check because I'm getting desperate because my plan is running out. Jeez! How are we doing on these steaks up here? Good. Oh my goodness. I've worked up an appetite. I'm hungry. I think I ought to check this out up here. Let's just take a look here as we... I wonder what's going on in these skillets. Okay. Ooh. Oh, we got the chef throwing it out at me. Let me see what we got here. Can we plate these steaks? Are they, are they ready? I like mine medium. Are we, are we about medium? We, you medium? Oh, you medium too, huh? Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, come on now. Oh, she. He coming in a Honda. Let me step back here where y'all are because I just need to see what's going on. Y'all need y'all know I gotta check it out because I'm the pastor, you know, so I gotta be the sacrificial person. You know, back in the day, the priests used to wear purple as a representation of the sacrifice, you know, and if somebody were coming to do anything to the people, the pastor would step up and say, no, 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 take me instead. So right now I'm sacrificing for you guys. I'm wearing brown today, not purple, but take me instead, Lord, give me the steak instead. I shall try it to make sure that it's right for the people. Oh my word, have mercy on my soul, Father. Can, can I try it? Y'all think I should try it? Oh my goodness. Oh Jesus, Father in heaven. Oh, that's tender too, let me. Don't eat that. But I think this one's the right one. This looks right. Don't eat that steak. Okay, well, what about, what about, what about, what about this one? Let me see. 
This one looks better than hers, actually. I'm gonna just say, if I'm judging by looks, this is it right here, boy. Don't eat that steak. She didn't follow the recipe. What you do different? I thought both of these steaks were seasoned the same way. Family recipe. Family recipe. Secret recipe. Secret recipe. What kind of secrets you talking about? What kind of secrets we talking about? Knock my socks off? What you do to this steak? No. I put my foot in it. You put. Do we have a picture of what she did to this steak? Is, is there any way that I could figure out what you might have did? Healthiness, fitness. Yeah. So I use a special kind of water for yours. Okay, special water. Special. Do you have any pictures of the special water at all? Wait a minute. Hold on. Is that a toilet? Is that is that this steak? And that, it, that's a toilet. That's a toilet. Like that's a real live toilet. Like not, no, no jokes. That, has, that, that is a toilet. And you was about to feed me that. That's important from Italy. It's Italy? It's important what? from Italy. That toilet is important, yes. You see, my plan for my life can include detours that aren't necessarily the recipe that God had for me. And if I continue to go in the road that, that I want to go for my own life, I could end up doing something to damage my destiny by eating something that's not meant for me. You see, this steak looks good and it smells great. Y'all smell that? But it's been marinated in toilet water. We saw the picture. There it is. This is that same steak. I kid you not. Looks good, smells right. Wait a minute, she looked good, she smells right. The job looks good, it smells right. That decision looks good, it smells right. But the end thereof could be death and destruction. Hold that there. But what I really need for my life is this steak over here. Mm. Because this steak, mm, mm, praise the Lord. I forgot what I was gonna say, girl. What? Praise the Lord. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Mm. This, <laughs> this steak was prepared by God and God's plan is always the best plan for my life God's plan sticks to the recipe that was written in heaven God's plan is the recipe that God had for my life you see my diet has to match my destiny
And today is our closest service. Everyone stand to your feet. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this room. My God, have mercy. Jesus, if you're a praying saint, I just need you to pray right now. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this room right now. I feel that he's dealing with somebody's heart right now. I feel that he's really sitting on something. I feel that nothing else, nothing else matters. Nothing else can do. I just want you, Lord. I want your leading. I want your guiding in my life. I need you. If you're in this room with your head bowed and every eye closed, if you say today, I want to make a decision to make a different choice. I want to make a decision to follow God's plan for my life and not my plan for my life. I want to have a different appetite. Change my appetite, Lord. Change me like you did Pastor Green when he was 15. He no longer hungered for the things of the world, but he started hungering for the things that God had created him for. There's a plan and purpose. I begin to learn scriptures like Philippians 4 and 13 that says, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Let my desires line up with your plan for my life. Let what I want in my life be what you want for me, Lord. If you're in this room and you say, that's me, Pastor, close me. As you close this prayer, I just need you to pray for me. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to have an appetite for the things of God. I want to desire God's will for my life and no longer my personal aspirations and no longer my personal ambitions led by my pride. I want to be led by obedience. I want to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If you're in this room and you're watching online, raise your hand if that's you. I don't want to know. I just want to know who I'm praying for. I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you. Yeah, that's it. I see you. Hands all over. I see hands all over. Most of the room, hands all up. Hands are up. Hands are up. Hands are up. And hearts are open. Hands are up online right now. If you're watching at home or if you're listening to this podcast, I need you to respond. Respond in this moment. Choose this day whom you will follow. Are you going to follow God's plan for your life? Are you going to follow God's plan for your life? Are you going to follow God's plan for your life? Are you going to continue to do your plan? Are you going to continue to work your master plan? Are you going to let God introduce you to his master plan for your life? Are you going to continue to see your floor plan for your house and what you want for yourself? Are you going to say yes to God's will for your life? Hands up if that's you. I see you. Front to the back. Hands down. Let me pray for you. Sheesh. Jesus, I thank you. I worship you and I praise you. I thank you that in this moment, the power of the Holy Spirit is present. And I pray right now, Father, that we would have a Jesus moment, that we would look adversity, temptation, desire and ambition in the face, and we would say, If it does not line up with God's will for my life, take it away. If he doesn't, if he's not the person God called me to be with, I feel you, Holy Spirit, take him away. If she's not the person God called me to be with, take them away. If that's not the direction you want me to go in with my life as it relates to my career, take that door away. If that's not the school you want me to attend and the major you want me to focus in, remove it, cause it to no longer even be available, take it away. Whatever it is that we need from you today as it relates to direction, Father, I pray that our appetite for the Holy Spirit would increase more and more, that we would begin to hear your voice and you would begin to speak to us about the plan that you have for us, that we would choose your plan over our plan. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Oh, come on, you can do a little better than that. Somebody shout, amen. Come on, if you receive that word today, I need you to lose your mind in here. Yes! Yes! Woo! Thank you for tuning in. 
please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at courageouschurch.online. Courageous Church. Courageous People.